0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you believe this? Oh, do oh, enough. Say it don't with your chips. Looking to push don't tempo don't here, don't the Pelicans. He'll get there. Funny hops a bucket. Hold that follow through. He posed. That's right. This is what patients would never level. What the Pell is up? Everyone, this is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. That's E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And before we get started, make sure you are subscribing and or following this podcast on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you happen to be listening. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you scroll down to the very bottom on our page and click Write a Review, and you can leave a rate for us as well. Once again, that really, really helps us out, and we greatly appreciate you doing so. It takes like 30 seconds, so it's the least you can do for us here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Pels fans, we're not going to break down last night's game so much we we will to an extent but I mean what do you take from these last two games honestly I mean no starters play I mean yeah no JJ Reddick no Lonzo ball in this one at least tonight he played in the in the previous game or last night I should say no Derek favors no Lon- or sorry no Zion Williamson no Brandon Ingram no Drew Holiday. So, there's just really not a lot to take away. Uh, none of this has any sort of implications this season or next. A lot of just getting minutes for the young guys and... Continuing to lose. Uh, <laughs> the... Pels, I believe, will be getting the 12th or 13th pick, or 11th or 12th. Who knows? They might not even use it. I mean, with, with what's going to go on this offseason, Pels might... Uh, it's it's going to be dependent on a coin flip between them and the, the Kings. I'm not sure. I think it's because they have the same record, something like that. But Pels might end up, like I said, packaging it and sending it in a trade or something like that, so it might very well not matter. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the the draft once we get there. Probably have Ethan Piota back on and maybe some other draft analyst guys, so we can talk about that when that time comes. But in the immediate, you know, realm of news and such, the Pels can't even when they're meaningless games anymore. <laughs> Going 0-2 over these last ones versus the Magic and, of course, against the Kings. You know, in the Summer League, they were really crushing it, got a bunch of wins. In the preseason, they went undefeated. And in the scrimmages, they went undefeated. And now these games completely don't matter. The starters don't really play other than Lonzo in this, in this one against the Kings. And, I mean... What is there to take away? There, there's there's a few things to take away. I mean, Lonzo, I think he was like three of three from, from deep against the Kings. We'll give that to him, I guess. He's kind of the – I like those minutes for Zoe to a degree because it makes him the focal point of everything because he's the lone starter out there. When he was out there getting those minutes, he had a three that he chucked up. I mean, he, he was making shots. Looked a lot better than he did the rest of the scrimmages. So I think, well, we talked about it in this last podcast of him owning those mistakes and the lackluster play that he's had thus far, that he had not thus far, but I guess now that the bubble's over, that he had in the bubble. And he stepped out on the court, was like, I'm the only starter out here. I'm taking over in the minutes that he did play. And he made shots, he played confident ball. So give him that, I mean... I mean, does it make me think? Oh, we gotta sign him to the max? Uh, n- no, <laughs> no, no, friggin' way. Uh, and it, it wasn't necessarily like that before. So, I mean, I like his response. That that's basically there. Is, all there is to take away for him. For the rest of the guys, I mean, it's it's quality minutes on the court. Uh, you know, maybe not quality, but minutes on the court are always valuable for for the younger guys, the rookies like Nah, like Jackson Hayes. Frank Jackson, to a degree, he hasn't spent a ton of time on the floor in the last two years, so uh, ended up scoring his career high, I believe it was 29 points last night against the Magic. So should the Pels bring him back on another sort of veteran minimum deal, you know, it doesn't hurt. He said in one of his more recent media availabilities that he wanted to rely more on his athleticism because he is really athletic, we know that. So he, he was doing that. Um, which which is good, but you know, Melly and Josh Hart got plenty of minutes during the regular season, so there's not much to take away for them. Same thing for, I mean, Jaleel Okafor didn't get a lot of regular minutes, but he's not really probably going to be sticking around very long, so not really super relevant there. There's the topic of conversation saying that Jackson Hayes and Derek Favors got a lot more minutes during the bubble games. And, I mean, I was saying it. I would have loved to see Jaw get in there. I think that he would have provided maybe a spark because they needed some sort of spark. And, like, what do you have to lose, honestly, in a situation that they were in? Jaw should have played some minutes. I mean, prior to these two games, he played literally zero minutes. So I still would have liked to see him get some time in those other bubble games, but we didn't see it. So he kind of showed the staff. I mean, AD said it tonight. Antonio Daniels said it tonight that he's really just professional in that he wasn't getting a lot of minutes, but when he does get minutes, he does everything he can to contribute. And that's just a nice piece to have on your bench. Jaw really showing what he's capable of last night in that he's, he's just really good in the post, not a whole lot else to his game, Uh, but when he is down there and he does get those minutes, he does produce, so got to give him that. He's not great defensively, can't really shoot, just doesn't really do much other than those post moves, but he does them well. He does them well, and I think he would have provided a little bit of energy and maybe not sure scoring, but potential scoring off the bench should he have played in those bubble minutes in those bubble games that actually mattered, but he didn't, so there's not a whole lot to do about it now. And after heaping praise on Jaw, uh, and, and not heaping praise on Kenny Hustle, because you know we have never done that on this podcast, Kenridge Williams. Uh, the other point to take, another point to take away from last night's game is just the Pels can't. I mean, not even last night's game, but basically the entirety of the entirety of the season for for him and Jaw is the Pels just can't bring these two back. I mean, Zylan Cheatham. I can't remember who I saw this tweet from, but I want to give it give it its praise because it deserves it. Zylan Cheatham outscored in 2020, and Zylan Cheatham has played, I believe, a total of 30 minutes over that time span. And Kenrich Williams has played a significant amount, more than that. And he can't contribute on offense, so you just can't have a guy like that around. He just stalls. He, he just can't do anything. I mean, watch him run up and down the court. He doesn't look like a basketball player. Honestly, I was watching it tonight, and he looks like a guy who would have played fullback on your high school football team because he's big, but he's unathletic and too small to play offensive line. So, like, he wouldn't even play defense because he couldn't play linebacker kind of thing. Like, it's a lack of athleticism, a lack of quickness. I mean, he's got the defensive awareness, so he, like, knows how to help and stuff like that. Just But he could impart a lot of wisdom to Jackson Hayes, even though they play different positions. He's just not—he's just garbage on offense. He's just garbage. Just hot garbage. 26% from three— from the line, if I remember right, this year. We've hammered that stat home just because of how awful it is. But he's too much of a liability on the offensive end and won't contribute during the regular season. Just get another vet minimum guy or or go to the draft and grab somebody. But this this dude just can't contribute. He's 25. He's honestly, I don't see him reaching much more of a ceiling. Even if he spent the entire summer in the gym with Fred Vinson, I don't think he's going to contribute on the offensive end whatsoever, nor do I think he's going to get quick enough. I mean, Aaron Nelson can only do so much in the weight room. Do I think Kenrich Williams can be a very bottom-end bench guy for another team? Probably. He could join another—I mean, he could join a, a trash team and be, be their 15th guy, or he can spend the rest of his career overseas, or—, or in the G league or something like that, but he's just not an NBA caliber guy. He should not be on a bench. He should not be on the Pelicans bench this coming season. I don't, you know, Pelicans fans can be really irritated for the rest of their lifetime that they didn't keep around that David Griffin chose to, and Trajan Langdon chose to move off of Christian Wood instead of Kenrich Williams this past off season. And then we saw what Christian Wood did with the Pistons during the regular season so you know (laughs) there are a lot of regrets to be made as being pelicans fans but you know we got to move forward and and moving forward includes moving off of kenrich williams this off season he should not be brought back i have become a member of the david grubb club in reference to kenrich williams it's just I'm I'm not there anymore. I just can't do it. I, I we've talked about that position being a need so much. This officer, this this hiatus, the the break that we've gone into, we talked a lot about it with Chris Connor, Kevin Barrios, Grub, some other guys, and it just it just needs to be taken care of. It's got to be somebody else. It's got to be somebody on the mid level exception unless the Pels can make a trade. But it needs to be taken care of, and it needs to be taken care of not next season, not the season after that, this coming season. Another takeaway, we talked about him a little briefly in terms of his need to to learn defensively, and it's Jackson Hayes, and, and that's it. He just has a lot of things to learn, whether or not the Pels bring back. Derek favors this coming offseason. He's got to learn one way or another from the coming coaching staff, assuming they decide to move on from Alvin Gentry. But there's just a lot to be desired on that end of the ball on the end. I mean, in terms of rebounding for Hayes and offensively, I mean, the Pels need a spacer. We're going to talk about it here in a second, but He looks more comfortable on the offensive end, but there's still so much to be desired about his game. Again, extremely high ceiling. He's incredibly athletic. He's long. He's young. Give him that, too. He just has a lot to learn defensively in terms of rebound, throwing his body around, and possibly on the offensive end as well. If there's three points of emphasis, that's it. The number one needs to be defensively, number two, rebounding, and three, offensively. Because he can be serviceable, maybe starting center, if he just plays that defensive type of thing, because he's so athletic. But if he can add some sort of growth on all three of those, that's what's to be desired. Defense number one, though. Defense number one, big time. Now, now, in terms of spacing, again, AD, Antonio Daniels hit on it. He really, really hit on it tonight. What Nikola Vucevic brings to the Orlando Magic. Vucevic is a spacer, and he's one of the more underrated players in the league. I tend to talk about Yusuf Nurkic and Drew being two underrated players in the league. League, I think Vucevic is one of them. I mean, he's a kind of a 4-5 combo, but he's a he shot... I think he shot like three of four or four of five from deep tonight. Vujovic just looked really, really good, basically, in all of the minutes that he got to play. It wasn't a lot, but he did get to play last night for 26 minutes. I take that back. Played pretty significant minutes. Three of four from deep, 10 of 11 total, and 23 points. He was plus 18, plus minus six rebounds, three assists, a steal. So Vucevic can bring a lot to just about any team. Do I think the Pels are going to go out and get him this offseason? Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is that if the Pels can get some piece like that, that can spread the floor a little bit, doesn't have to be drastic, but it's got to be better than what it was this season. The Pels clog the lane, clog it up, like none other. I mean, it, they're running a 90s offense in 2020. It's it's with Derek Favors and, and Zion Williamson both on the floor at the same time. It's ugly. You just can't have two guys like that on the court at the same time. The Pels need a spacer, whether it's a power forward or a center. And Vucevic absolutely shredded, shredded Jackson Hayes last night with that capability and and it just speaks to that previous point but it also speaks to what that position can bring in terms of value for any team but especially for the new orleans pelicans with what we know zion williamson can do down low and what he does every single night he's on the court scoring roughly a minute or scoring roughly excuse me a point per minute that he is on the court. It's just absolutely ridiculous, and if there's any way the Pels can help him in any shape or form, it's that. It's provide him spacing and, well, also help him defensively because he's garbage defensively, but that would do wonders for the Pels' offense if they can get a spacer down low, and who that might be, again, we'll get into that this offseason. Depends on any other type of moves that they make, and we'll get into those things as they come, but the Pels could really, 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 really use that on the offensive end. They need that 3 and D guy, they need a guy to replace Kenrich Williams, and they need that spacer from the 4 or 5. And in terms of options, at the 5 for the Pels, there's really not a ton in free agency. I mean, one we've talked about a little bit is Aaron Baines, but he is going to be, if not 34, he is 34 at this moment in time. So you could probably get him for the mid-level exception or, I mean, maybe less. I, I Maybe. He is currently with the Phoenix Suns on a five mil, $5.3 million deal for this season. Then the other guy that, would probably bring that type of value is a Myers Leonard at the center position. He is 28 and he's getting paid $10.2 million this year though. So I mean, it kind of depends on what these guys are looking for this offseason, what they're looking for, what kind of fit they, they want towards, not necessarily the end of the career for, for Myers Leonard, but probably for, for Aaron's Aaron Baines if they want to move again or anything like that. So, you know, who knows? I mean, Jarrett Allen tonight balled the frick out against the Portland Trailblazers. We'll, we'll get to that here in a second. But six offensive rebounds, I mean, 11 total. If the Pels can go out and get a guy like that, Sign me up. I mean, there's been talk of Drew Holiday heading to Brooklyn in a trade. So who knows? I mean, if if the Pels can get Jarrett Allen, that'd be dope. I think it's an instant improvement on Jackson Hayes. I mean, Jackson Hayes kind of, I mean, he has the higher ceiling offensively just because Jarrett Allen has been in the league for a little bit longer. But when it comes to the boards, when it comes to defense, Jarrett Allen is definitely and improvement, and like I said, that's a bigger need for the Pels than is the offensive, and he's not a spacer, but if he can provide defense, then, then that's that's a big deal for them there. He did play 37 minutes tonight for the Brooklyn Nets, did still score 14 points too, so he can add a little bit of offensive value for the the Pelicans going into next season should the the, them should they be able to go out and get him and of course Trajan Langdon has his connections to Brooklyn so maybe he does want to go out and make a move like that for Allen also DeAndre Jordan is a guy that's already on their roster so maybe they feel a little more comfortable moving off him he did average 11 points this season along with Half a steal, 1.3 blocks per game, 9.6 rebounds, and an assist and a half per game. Three offensive boards per game as well. So, not saying it's going to happen. Not saying it's necessarily likely to happen. But if it does, that'd be dope. With that said, I mean, we do know, per multiple reports, I saw it on Pelican's report on Instagram. If you want to check them out on Instagram, they do some awesome stuff. And they're, they're pretty pretty popular there. So they've been able to provide some Pelicans news for a while now. That, it, we're not sponsored either. I'm just saying that because they do good work there. Also reached out to me once they knew that I was going to be around. So some good people over there at the Pelicans report. So the report. Anyway, <laughs> the, report, the report is that the Pels will look to reshape their lineup this offseason. And there's going to be little to no... I mean, it's not necessarily reckless abandon, but I'd be surprised if they aren't just going to do basically a complete overhaul other than Zion and B.I. Do I want them to keep Lonzo around? I do. Bench-wise, I mean, the only the connection that I really have to the bench is going to be Frank Jackson and J.J. Redick. Other than that, I'm okay with moving on from anybody, Melly included. I mean, he didn't really contribute in the bubble at all. I think he's... He can be really good off the bench for spacing for a small ball lineup should they not be able to acquire somebody else that can fill that sort of role. So if he does stick around, great. I think he fills a role, but that is his, that's his niche and he needs to stick to it. He's not great defensively. He's improved. Again, he sucked in the bubble. I mean, he really sucked. That's not something that we've talked about a lot, especially with the Pelicans fan base on Twitter, but he was trash in the bubble, much like everybody else in the starting, I mean, not in the starting lineup, but on the lineup that the Pelicans played anyway. I mean, Josh Hart was going to be your go-to guy for effort from this lineup. I mean... Drew was good defensively as always Zion's going to get you points but he can only do so much anyway this this lineup could be turned on its head for the second time two off seasons in a row and we're going to have a lot to talk about over the next 4 months and we're going to start doing that next week in terms of the coaching staff maybe not players but definitely the coaching staff this coming week and we'll we'll get you those details As they come, and I'm sure I'll be tweeting about stuff as well. So so stick around. We're going to have a lot on our plate in the coming weeks. Massive guests lined up for next week, too. Stick around for that. We'll let you know the details as those come on Twitter. So make sure to follow uh, Elliot Clough on Twitter. We're going to get to that as those details arrive but at the moment, we're going to switch gears for a second. It is a Pelicans podcast, but it's also an NBA podcast. So we got to talk a little bit about the rest of the bubble, especially from last night. And with that, I say, damn, dang dollar. This guy killed it tonight. He's killed it the entirety of the bubble, and he has basically willed the Trailblazers to to their playoff spot. Put in 42 tonight for them. I believe the second leading scorer was Yusuf Nurkic with 25. Either that or it was CJ McCollum with 25. Couldn't tell you. Yusuf Nurkic put in some pretty uh, good minutes tonight as well. At least towards the end, he was looking a little gassed, but he did score. It was between those two with 22 and 25. So, him and CJ. So, those three guys putting in a lot of a lot of quality minutes tonight. C.J. McCollum burying that final shot for the Trailblazers, the mid-range shot to give them the lead, and then they held on. I like the last shot from the Nets. I thought it was a good step-back look for Karis LeVert, but Trailblazers put him away and earned that eighth and final playoff spot going into the playoffs. They'll play the Grizzlies. After some much-needed rest, they'll play the Grizzlies on, well, they'll play them tomorrow at 1.30 to earn that eighth spot against the Lakers. I would be freaking shocked if they don't beat the Grizzlies on, on, on tomorrow, on Saturday, because they're just a better team. Grizzlies don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, they're just not the same team without him. Also, the Trailblazers are just better. They're going to be willed again to a win by by Dame. I don't think there's really any. Their offense, the Grizzlies' offense, just won't be able to keep up with the Trailblazers. I mean, that's that's just a given. The Trailblazers have beaten a hell of a lot better teams so far in the bubble. The Grizzlies only have two wins. One was a fluke win where they beat the crap out of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then they just beat the 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 Giannis Antetokounmpoless Milwaukee Bucks because the Bucks didn't give a damn about this game and. Yeah. I mean, a look at the Nets from from last night. They didn't even need this game, and they still went after it, uh, which was just so fun to watch. And it must be nice to have your team play with desire, even though they don't need to, much less when they need to. Karis LeVert put in 37 points and showed that he could very well be the third fiddle behind Kyrie and KD over the next few years and i mean i would not be upset if the pels went ahead and got him next season as well in exchange for a drew holiday switch situation i think he'd be excellent this is per preston ellis from our group chat the the bird rights group chat i don't necessarily talk a whole lot in that one but i observe and preston pointing out that he would be an excellent second unit scorer for the Pelicans, and I like that a lot as well. Again, putting in 37 points tonight for the Brooklyn Nets. And then, of course, we made reference to Jarrett Allen. Six offensive boards, 11 total. If Kyrie can stop being so weird and KD maybe a little less dramatic, Brooklyn can be good. Jacques Vaughn leading them to a 6-2 and two record in the, in the bubble. I mean, maybe they'll stick with him. I kind of doubt it. I bet they go get Tyron Lue if, if the Pels decide they don't want him. But hey, I mean, they're doing well, and he's, I mean, they look good. They look good right now. And I'm playing the world's smallest violin, i.e. Mr. Krabs, in Spongebob to every Phoenix Suns fan at the moment, going 8 and 0 in the bubble everybody wrote them off. We said it on the podcast multiple times. There's no way they make the playoffs. They're not going to get in. Meh, meh, meh. Multiple guests saying the same thing. We counted them out. They go 8 and 0 in the bubble and still didn't get in because of the damn Milwaukee Bucks and the freaking Memphis Grizzlies. Go. Bucks didn't bring it, bring it today. Grizz got their second win of the bubble. Grizz were not and are not the ninth best team in the West over this stretch. That's for damn sure. Bubble-wise, the, Sun, bubble <laughs> the Suns would have been much more fun to watch. And I think we were all rooting for the Suns to play the Trailblazers in this play-in game. That would have been a freaking blast. Hope I would have hoped that would have gone two games at the very least. It just would have been really fun to watch. Devin Booker and Dame... The two MVP of the bubble guys fighting it off for that that eight spot to, to play the Lakers. That just would have been really fun. And it sucks that they didn't get in. But the Grizzlies had the better overall record and played the entirety of the season. <laughs> so, so we'll be seeing them in the play-in game versus the Blazers on Saturday or tomorrow. So... At least we get more basketball, you know. It'll be, hopefully it'll be a decent game. The first time these two played, it went into overtime, a 140-135 win for the Trailblazers. Again, they don't have, the, the Grizzlies don't have Jaron Jackson Jr., so it could be a little different. But we shall see. And with that said, you will hear from us here again on, I believe, in the New Orleans Pelicans. Hopefully Monday. It'll be within the next week, obviously. In the next three, four, five days. Probably three days. I am moving this weekend, so I'm hoping that I'll get everything situation situated. We'll able to get a podcast to you. Before we let you go, go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And while you're here, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave a rate, and a review. The more you do that, the freaking it's gonna help us out, basically. That, that's pretty much it. <laughs> we really appreciate it. It helps promote the podcast, and it's just it helps us a lot. So we greatly, greatly appreciate it. it only take like 30 seconds of your time. So um, if you could do that, that would be awesome, awesome, awesome. Also, go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. You can check out some more Pelicans coverage on SB Nation's The Bird Rights. That will include former guests Preston Ellis, Olly Cosell, Chris Connor, Kevin Berrios and David Grubb. Do not forget head over to Twitter, follow at Elliot Clough. You're going to be getting all the Pelicans content there and different ways you can interact with the podcast. So with all of that said, Pels fans, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans.